Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Metaverticizing Podcast, your podcast about metaverse marketing, advertising, and related trends in the tech world. I'm your host, Eli Santos, and this podcast is all about exploring the metaverse and its possibilities with people that are at the core of its development. And of course, how marketing is going to be related with everything. And today, I'm extremely excited to welcome back Diego Borgo. Diego, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm stoked to be back. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Uh, guys, so for those of you who don't know Diego, Diego is a Web3 and Metaverse advisor with over a decade of digital marketing and branding experience. He guides Fortune 500 brands into the rapidly evolving Web3 and Metaverse space, helping them drive commercial value and customer engagement. Diego's personal mission is to promote mainstream adoption of the Metaverse and Web3 technology. As an advisor, he, he assists brands in strategizing and executing their entry into this new digital frontier. He also consults with venture-backed startups and educates masses through public speaking, workshops, and on-demand content. So Diego, I know you've been here um, in a uh, previous episode, but uh, I would like to ask you again to talk a little bit about yourself, what you do in your background, or maybe what have you been up to lately? We would love to hear it. We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, super short. In, in name of probably, you know, the audience might have known me because they've listened to it before, but I've been, I've been in marketing, digital strategies and branding my whole career since I was 16 years old, uh, agency and, and client side. I've been consulting, as you just said, uh, brands over 10 years, uh, you know, in, 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 in the same realm of sort of like that, that, that spectrum. Uh, I've been blockchain since 2017 when I sort of like got to learn the use case, the possibilities and everything else beyond cryptocurrencies, beyond uh, just sort of like the, the pump and dump that a lot of people are familiar with or a lot of times very afraid of. Um, so I've been I've been in that space for 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 a while. Um, I've been actively working as an advisor, consultant and also sort of like building projects uh, in my tree for about two years now. Uh, everything started for me, especially within the sort of like for, Fortune 500 uh, level where I spent a lot of my time on uh, with Adidas. I was I was sitting in the headquarter in Germany for four years and consulting the brand and different things within digital uh, to, uh, you know, one day we sort of like got together as, as, as friends that were super excited about this space and and helped shaping the, the strategy and the go-to-market for Adidas when they launched into the metaverse. Adidas made 24 million in 24 hours. Everybody was excited. A lot of uh, other brands now had a slide to put in, for, in front of the board or a slide that they could sort of like benchmark on. Uh, and that sort of like kicked off the whole bull run for brands in Web3. Uh, Nike, a week or two weeks after that, acquired Artifact and, and the rest is history. You know, you look at today, there is 350 plus brands within that Fortune 500 realm that have done something in Web3. Um, I've engaged with brands like Salesforce, Unilever, uh, L'Oreal, Mastercard, uh, Volkswagen Group, so Porsche, Cupra, Skoda, and also Shout Energy Company and, and others that uh, you know I'm in touch on a daily basis. That being startups, uh, tech companies, or or even other large brands that you know I I've been engaging with. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, um, as we discussed the last time, you've been literally uh, at the core and forefront of like Web3 ever since it started, right? So you've been, as you said, at Adidas at the beginning and uh, helped shape one of the first branded NFT projects of Web3. And um, and now I think this completely relates with uh, the topic that we're going to be talking in here today, which is uh, what are the next steps for brands in Web3, right? Because we've been at it since uh, 20, 2021, maybe, you know, early 2021, maybe um, when uh, brands started positioning themselves in the Web3 realm and starting creating a presence and creating NFT collections and creating metaverse platform presence. Um, and it's been a while, you know, like uh, there were a lot of, let's say, changes ever since then, right? Like um, the metaverse topic isn't as hot as it used to be in 2021. NFTs as well, like we've seen a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say uh, branded NFT collections that uh, we saw a lot of branded NFT collections that didn't go very well but a lot of scams as well in the NFT realm, right? So the image of um, Web3 as a whole, I guess I can say, you know, like kind of took an impact related with what it used to be, you know, like in comparison to what it used to be in 2021. So there were a lot of changes. Um, it's a very different space now, but it's still happening. There's still many um, news for us to share in here today, and I would love to hear from you. So, um, so let's get started with where we are now and how we got here right you mentioned the the, the bull market that's starting in 21 with adidas and nike um and uh how brands were using nfts uh back then so uh where are we right now and how do we get here yeah it's uh, it's been a ride it's been a journey and it's it's interesting and exciting at the same time. And a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of people are demotivated or afraid or uh, all of the above. And I think that is just how innovation is. You know, I think that a lot of times whenever there is a new technology that has the power or the potential to massively impact people's experience or people's life or people's, uh, you know, business and so on, um, a lot of those sentiments come together. And there are very known uh, tools to understand which part of part of the hype cycle we are at uh, that we always refer to and point to. So I think that last year or the year before even, right, when we, we got to 21, I think that was the beginning of the hype cycle for brands in that space, um, as we just covered. I think that, you know, last year was sort of like the peak where you had a lot going on. Um, a lot of projects have failed or initiatives have failed or activations have failed. Uh, few of them have displayed interest on the long-term play or have planned for the long-term uh, run. Um, and even fewer of them were successful at the moment, but also were able to keep driving and building success until today. Right, so I think that that has displayed where we had it from a hype cycle perspective, um, and I think where we are at right now is almost like a hangover moment, right? I think that the party was really hot last year. Everybody wanted to do something. Uh, everybody sort of like you know a lot of brands came from a from an angle which is marketing branding uh, angle. So a lot of them have seen NFTs as just a new headline grabber or just as a new way to sort of like go 
to the market with something new and fresh and tick a box and then they move on to the next thing. We have seen already that the next thing being AI, we are seeing exactly the same patterns on how brands are behaving towards a new technology, especially from a marketing point of view, right? Everybody's like, oh, this is a new advertisement with AI. Oh, this is a new campaign. This is a new thing that you can do with AI. Oh, we having AI. Hey, look, our product has AI integrated now. And that happened last year too, right? So I think where we are at right now is during that sort of like hangover moment which I'm really excited about because that's where the true things are built. That's where the dust settles down and everyone that, you know, just came for one one party and, you know, it's, it's now moving to other spaces is gone. And the ones that are here for the longer term are the ones that sort of like gonna keep building it as, you know, as we've been doing since 2009, since Bitcoin white paper came out, right? Many different things happened throughout that uh, sort of like historical line, but a lot of them um, have faded and many of them had also progressed, right? We've been building an entire ecosystem in DeFi. We've been building an entire ecosystem in uh, blockchain for enterprise. We've been building an entire ecosystem for Web3 now. And I don't think that's going to sort of like stop or slow down or shift direction just because numbers are down, right? I tend to say as well that blockchain is different or doesn't equal to cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies are one use case of blockchain technology and the market conditions of cryptocurrency does not necessarily mean the advancement or the detriment of a technology, right? That's always something to have in mind, especially for newcomers, because people connect market numbers with technology advancement and market numbers 99% of the time are related to speculation over uh you know sustainability or business models so i think we're we are an exciting moment you know i i love to zoom out i love to to sort of like if everybody's going right i like going left to see what's happening there because you know whatever direction everybody's going to doesn't necessarily mean that is the right direction uh and a lot of the conversations i'm hearing about Oh, blockchain is that AI killed uh, crypto, AI killed blockchain, AI killed uh, Web3. It's just really interesting to observe because you see how uh, constrained or how uh, not looking at the big picture a lot of people are at the moment. If you want to simplify what's happening within Web3, nothing is nothing else than the evolution of how we connect digitally as humans is nothing else of the evolution of how the internet is going to be in the next step right it happened in the past happen it's happening now and it's going to keep happening web 3 web 4 web 5 web 69 all of them going to keep developing and happening so if you think that uh you know because number is down because jpegs are not selling anymore or because ai is taking over attention that there isn't anything else within web3 you need to rethink what web3 even stands for you need to rethink what the internet stands for you need to rethink about human behavior as well right there is no doubt and it's inevitable to think that we will remain spending time digitally as humans and we need better experiences we need better ways to interact with the internet we need better places to be digitally and Web3 is nothing else than that. It's 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 the next iteration. Regardless of the technology you want to put within that stack of technology, there is no stack of technologies just with one technology. So that's that's the way I'm looking at those things. And the more you look from that angle, the more exciting it gets because every news become good news. 
AI is going mainstream. Amazing. AR or Apple is now playing within that industry. Incredible, right? So all those things start becoming really exciting because I'm seeing sort of like the the stack of technology rather than just blockchain technology, just crypto technology, just AI technology, just AR or VR technology. I think you raised a lot of very, very good points there. I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, uh, we're, uh, I love the term that you use to define the moment that we're in right now, kind of a hangover, because, um, you know, I think 2021, we saw, you know, metaverse becoming one of, one of the most hyped subjects, one of the most hyped topics out there. And uh, also NFTs and like pretty much everything within Web3. And then AI came in and, and completely stole the scene and everyone started paying attention to AI. And like many people forgot about, uh, you know, metaverse and, and NFTs and AR, VR or whatever. Um, but it doesn't mean that the space is dead. You know, it just means that people's attention have shifted somewhere else but there's still a lot going on in the space and i completely agree when you say that now is the perfect time to build because i think now is the time where real utility is coming to the space right so i completely agree with it and one thing that you mentioned that i would like to talk about is like you know uh we're at this hangover moment you know and um throughout you know 2021 22 We've had different types of problems coming up um, in the Web3 space for brands that wanted to position themselves, right? So um, there are two things that you mentioned that I thought was interesting, were interesting. Uh, first mm -hmm. and foremost, the playbook for, for Web3 brands, right? Um, one thing that you mentioned in our previous conversation, which I thought was interesting, is that the playbook is still the same, even though the space has shifted so much, right? Yeah. But I think that's completely interesting. And also like... Um, the fact that most brands are still focused on the same audiences or maybe like um, the Web3 audience is very niched or the fact that instead of talking to Web2 people, they're still trying to talk to Web3 people. So I think, you know, these are some of the problems that I think, you know, could position us to this new stage of Web3, to this new phase of Web3. I would love to hear from you about that because, you know, the problems are still the same, probably, you know, like I'm, I'm sure there are different problems. And there are different opportunities as well, as you said. But um, how are you approaching these? Um, the fact that brands are still using the same playbooks, you know, the the new opportunities. How are you approaching all of these things? Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation because again, if we rewind a little bit to what we just spoke about, right? Like how this all started, what got us here, where we are at. So if you look at the use case that Adidas, Nike, Gucci, uh, you know, Louis Vuitton um porsche uh puma you know the, the the large brands that we heard a lot about within within or even like even starbucks right if you look at all those those use cases within nfts the way that all those brands and all the others and majority of the others we mentioned before were looking to nfts especially as a use case it was all connected to NFTs as an asset class, right? NFTs equals asset class, meaning you you can buy an NFT, you can mint an NFT, you can sell an NFT, you have uh, different revenue streams from you know either the minting or the royalties uh, from marketplaces and so on. And within that idea, 
it did work for brands initially. Nike, you know, obviously Artifact is is the number that goes when you say Nike, obviously because they acquired them. But Adidas, Louis Vuitton, and, and many owners that you look at those Dune Analytic rankings and you see how much revenue they were able to to drive within that space. It worked for some of them. Is uh, it worked in a smaller scale for others and didn't necessarily work for for many, right? Because the market conditions have changed. That's the first thing. So when you have something, you know, dropped in December 21 at, you know, peak market, uh, peak bull market, you obviously have different reactions or different, uh, you know, results, especially when nobody else was doing it from a big brand perspective. So that's kind of like how the new, the, the, the early, uh, you know, early comers got advantage on. The market was up. Uh, not many brands were doing it. The community was very active. There's a lot of liquidity. Uh, the more brands that try to replicate that, the more difficult it got from a consumer perspective because it flooded the market. Uh, the market has gone into a different cycle. Uh, there was so much offer and the demand remained the same, right? It's not that we onboarded billions of people to that space. The the the, the web three native, native audiences still remain um, you know, quite fairly small when you compare to what a Web2 audience still looks like for a major brand, right? I play saying that you could put an entire active Web3 NFT community in a building today, right? Or in a stadium, if you want to stretch, which is pretty bananas to think. And it's reality when you look to analytics and, and so on, right? There's a million active wallets in the space. I have eight wallets. I don't know how many you have, but I'm sure that many other people have many other wallets. So those are not necessarily unique users, right? So we can do the math roughly and, and look at how many people are actually active within that space. So with, with that said, you know, 350 plus brands came in within that same idea and playbook of let's do an NFT as an asset class, let's sell, let's mint. And brands were mostly looking at NFT as the product rather than the enabler. And that there's a big difference there, right? If, you, if you're trying to sell a technology as the product to consumers, just the ones that are really deep and care super much about the technology are the ones that are actually going to consume it, which is in this case, the Web3 audience. But now if you try to sell that technology as a product to your already existing Web2 audience that doesn't give a fuck about NFTs and any of it, but would rather love to have a better experience or better access or a new story or anything that they can consume that they already understand that your brand do your brand does, and that's why they are in love and, and so actively connected with your brand. That will be different because the technology is enabling something that you know there is demand for, or you can create demand with. Uh, so within that space, uh, that's what I'm calling sort of like that that you know v1 playbook or initial playbook that has been written early december 21 has been replicated many times has been iterated many times but it still is not um was not necessarily you know the one and only it should it should evolve and it, it sort of like stopped evolving at a certain point you fast forward to today there are still brands that still trying to play within that same playbook right within the same rules within the same chapters and everything and my call to action right now especially in the current market conditions we are and after we exhausted the pages of that initial playbook is what about we write a second playbook 
What about we zoom out within Web3 and NFTs and look at this technology, one, as the enabler, and two, as a way for you to foster uh, you know, opportunities or to tackle challenges within your already ec existing ecosystem and also within your already existing audience, right? So one thing that I have seen within the market that has been exciting to watch has been what Alo Yoga has done. They integrated NFT technology as the enabler within their ecosystem. They haven't sold an NFT to any of their clients. They use the technology and the back in a way for them to be able to give access to the overall ecosystem, right? So if you buy those sites that are that come with a representation of an NFT or a digital receipt or a digital twin, whatever the mechanics is, you were able to access other parts of the brand or other parts of the ecosystem that are already existing that before you didn't have access to. And now you can prove to the brand that you are, you know, part of different customer journeys and you can sort of like unlock parts of that overall ecosystem through that technology. So again, that's a way of looking at the, te the technologies as enablement rather than the product. And one thing that I'm seeing that is really exciting from that angle is when you start looking at the problems or opportunities that already exist today within brands that have been trying, you know, they have been trying different ways to solve it, but they couldn't extract its full potential. So imagine if we start with those things in mind and then we reverse engineer and see what is the best technology we can use to solve it or to tackle it or to enter into that opportunity, right? And that's the way I think we should be looking at within this sort of like V2 playbook, right? What are the problems and opportunities? Reverse engineer, what is the best technology for, to solve it? If Web3 is one of them, great. If it's not, great, right? But in case it is, then how do we fit that in? How do we build the customer journey with that in mind? How do we understand which KPIs we're gonna track? How do we understand how we can leverage uh, our existing audience and ecosystem with it. And a lot of times for me, there are three things that are fundamental within an ecosystem that this technology can do things that before wasn't necessarily possible or were, you know, extremely difficult to execute with Web2 technology, for example. You can look, for example, in one of them, which is engagement. There is now true uh, proof of anything, right? Proof of provenance, proof of presence, proof of ownership, proof of whatever you can now prove engagement as well. You can prove fandom as well. And, and this technology enables you as a brand to prove engagement in channels that you don't necessarily own or in events that you haven't necessarily thrown or in uh, you know places that your brand is not necessarily at. So get a simple example. Imagine if you are, uh, there is a, you know, let's say an Adidas community on Reddit and now Adidas can issue a proof of uh, engagement or fandom within that, that that Reddit community where Adidas doesn't own it, Reddit doesn't own it, there is someone that owns it and people that are active within it. And depending on how active people are within that community, now Adidas has another way to prove engagement within their brand ecosystem, within their sort of like, uh, you know, um, the, the fandom around the brand. And now once you look at fandom or proof of uh, engagement or anything like that on which you can foster much deeper relationship and proofs with this technology, 
a natural evolution is to build something on top of it to reward or to give perks or to give benefits to the ones that you now have identified. And that's what I find exciting because that starts bringing us to loyalty or, in, or, or, or membership, right? One pillar that it's extremely exciting for brands, but there are a lot of problems with the current stack of technology that Web3 is really well positioned to disrupt or to solve or to tackle. So if you look, for example, within membership and loyalty, there are many problems, but I'm going to touch in just two of them, just for the sake of time and, and obviously uh, importance. One thing that is extremely difficult for brands to do within that loyalty spectrum with Web2 technology is partnership integration, right? So think about Adidas wants to partner with, let, let's use a different brand just so we don't stick the same. Let's say Gucci wants to partner with, uh, let's say Ferrari. I don't know, two different brands want a partner. They want to do something together. Today, to foster that partnership and enable consumers to take advantage of that, it's extremely difficult because one of the hardest things you can do in that level is data integration, right? So you want to get the CRM, the database of both different brands that sit in different countries that have different uh, regulations and have a lot of like compliance in between. And you want to merge them together to give the seamless experience you could to customers. That That's like a 6, 12, 15, 24 months action that is needed and demands many different departments on both sides, legal, compliance, data, you name it, right? To get it done, extremely difficult. Now, what you can do through smart contracts, for example, in simple terms, you can plug an API on the back when both brands have smart contracts that are already enabled and there is a seamless integration in the back without any data um, in, you know, sharing between the two parties neither without any PII personal information being needed to to be uh you know sort of like handled between the two this for example in europe is a huge advance because we we know we got gdpr here there are other countries in the world that are also moving to the same direction when it comes to data protection so this is a problem that, that exists today there is an opportunity of fostering new brand partnerships that are being blocked by a technology problem. And Web3 is a technology that is really well positioned to solve that. So that's exciting. Now, the second point is, now that you're enabling more um, partnerships, the next thing you can start thinking of is what do you do with those partnerships? Why partnerships is interesting, right? Partnerships in super short term allow you to generate more engagement because there is more offerings that you could provide within a loyalty or a membership program now, because you're not offering just one thing from your brand, but there are more brands that are playing within that ecosystem that you already partners with anyway. Uh, and also that means that you can generate more growth because you're tapping into new audiences, right? You can bring audience from other brands to come and play within your already existing ecosystem. So that's those are easy KPIs that we can already talk with as well, if you want to have KPIs against that potential, uh, you know, uh, program you want to move with. And then the other thing, now that you have those partnerships and you're driving already in more engagement and growth, what you can do next is start tapping into the concept that is being very well sort of like developed in the industry right now, which I'm really excited about, which is open loyalty, right? So now that partnership is possible and composability of smart contracts enable integration and, and, and all of that in the back in an easy, uh, you know, API connection, you can start looking at offering customers things from outside of your ecosystem, 
right? If you look, for example, McDonald's as a brand, when you're part of that loyalty program, the only engagement you're having is with McDonald's, is with that specific brand. They have a couple partners they bring along, but it's not a lot. There's, it's not really compelling and it's very transactional, right? It's all about like buy more and get discount, buy more and, you know, whatever, get a collectible. So it's very, very transactional. Now with that idea of open loyalty, you can start bringing other brands around, which then you go back to the first point of being able to prove anywhere you go that you have, uh, you know, you are a certain tier of a membership program, or you have taken certain action, or you have been somewhere. And by proving that throughout the web, you can foster an entire new chain of value that other brands or other partners can offer value to your customers. Example, prove me you are a golden tier of Starbucks and, and I'll give you something special when you come to shop in my site next time. Now becoming a member, a proofable member of Starbucks, high tier throughout the web, becomes a valuable asset for the customer and also a valuable asset for Starbucks as a brand because being part of that program unlocks a lot of value around the web that Starbucks alone is not able to do. So those are two things that I'm really excited about within sort of like that membership and loyalty. And then there's a third part of that initial pillar of engagement, membership and loyalty, and now commerce that becomes really exciting. As e-commerce and shopping digitally evolves and has been evolving what is next and is inevitable because we already have seen amazon playing a lot with it is immersive shopping right so you start thinking about ar vr immersive platforms metaverse whatever you want to call it it's happening right if you think the metaverse is dead let's put another name and let's realize it because the fact that we're going to be shopping in virtual worlds through AR, VR, and so on is, is a fact. If you don't think that, you're not following the industry because that's already happening. It's not about the future. So that is another exciting way to look at that, that Web3 as a technology, especially NFTs, also helps to enable a better customer engage, a better customer experience and a better customer journey within, right? Because you can now connect wallets, you can have personalized experience based on the assets you you held within your wallet for example you can uh, have digital wings of things so basically you know you can buy something digitally and the same physical item or a look like of that 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 digital asset can now be uh, sent to your home so that sort of like pyramid of value of um, more uh, better ways to to track engagement uh, a way to reward uh, that engagement and also an expansion on the shoppable layer of the internet, which is through e-commerce is something that today there is a lot of limiter factors that are holding back business to grow and also customers experience to be better. And Web3 is extremely well positioned to solve those problems and opportunities. So once you start looking at Web3 from that angle, becomes very clear that the whole speculation of the playbook V1 and the whole sort of like NFTs as an asset class becomes almost irrelevant within the large pie of opportunities that, you know, are about to happen or is still untapped within that space. I, I absolutely love pretty much everything that you said. You know, uh, when you started talking about how we need to see uh, Web3 as 
uh, the technology that enables a utility. You know, I think that's the mindset that we should have uh, in order to come up with this new uh, V2 playbook. And uh, and at the end of the day, you know, like um, the 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 problem with the still using the V1 playbook and the opportunity about the V2 playbook is it's all about revenue, right? It's about re generating new opportunities. It's about generating new revenue. It's about growth. So I think, and I completely agree that this V2 playbook could be the opportunity that brands are looking for in order to. Um, generate the new revenue pillar that they've been looking for when they first got into Web3. And um, and when you wrapped up talking about uh, immersive commerce, you know, I completely agree. You know, all of these things, the shopping experience, the, the consumer experience is completely going to be transformed in the next few years. And uh, brands really need to uh, step up their games, right? And and watch out for what's happening and seeing the opportunities that are out there because the space is far from dead and uh, the technology is going to enable us to take the next steps. So really, Diego, um, thank you very much, man. Thank you very much for, for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. I wish we could talk about this for hours, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but same, I'm not. Same, but same. I'm not sure if um, our listeners are gonna put up with hours of conversation about that. But anyway, <laughs> well, so Diego, thank you very much, man. And um, yeah, if you could tell us a little bit about what your future projects are, what your next steps are, and uh, how to follow you, how do people go uh, to, to to follow you on social media? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the platform again. You know, I'm really excited to come and spark that conversation. I, you know, we can we can talk about this for hours, and that's what is exciting. I think that as as long as you find something that you're extremely passionate about and you can talk about it for hours without getting bored, it's it's the moment that you sort of like found your true passion, right? And and that's the way I feel uh, about those things. You know, I've been I've been holding back and quiet for a while because I've been thinking a lot about what's next. And uh, I'm really excited to, to come and share what, you know, what I brought out of, out of the cave with me. So thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, for me, it's, it's easy. I, I operate in two platforms, mostly on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect, hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, Diego Borgo, B-O-R-G-O uh, on, on LinkedIn. And uh, also on Twitter. So D-O-N underscore B-O-R-G-O. So Don Borgo. Um, just find me on Twitter as well. Happy to, to connect on both platforms. Forms. Uh, what I'm up to, I'm up to do what I've been up to since I joined the space. I'm I'm finding ways and and building companies and you know and and working with brands and working with startups to help pushing this industry forward, to help bringing uh, you know blockchain to to the next sphere, and also making sure that you know we simplify everything on the way, so whoever is interested can join the party and don't feel that is something that if you're not technical, if you're not a programmer, if you're not a developer, if you don't understand any of it, you cannot be part of it. So my role is, is to try to simplify it all so more people can join and help us building it. And we definitely need more people uh, to help us build it, right? We always, like every space needs more people to help build it, especially Web3, you know, uh, as you said, like um, uh, now we're entering this kind of like second stage of Web3 and I think it's going to be really exciting. I think real utility is going to come up uh, with this new stage and it's going to bring a lot of opportunities for, for all of us. So um, anyway, Diego, once again, thank you very much, man. And uh, thank you very much for everyone that listened to us today. I really appreciate it. If you guys want to follow me, you already know it. It's Eli Santos on LinkedIn, E-L-Y space Santos. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Thank you very much, everyone. And we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>